Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we explore company culture and how it scales as a company grows. Brought to you by the team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver-based software company. Each episode of Fabric will set out to uncover unique and uncommon answers to the question, how do companies of any size create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? On this episode of the podcast, we are happy to welcome back our founder, president, and CEO, Andy Alsop. He's here to talk to us about his evolution as a CEO over the last six years. Back in 2015, he was sitting at a fold-up table with one other employee wearing all of the hats and doing all of the things that the company needed. And six years later, here he is with our team filled out with all of the necessary directors of departments and team members to support them. This has allowed Andy to get to the part of being a CEO that he really enjoys, working on strategy and figuring out how to take the receptionist to the next level. Enjoy the episode. Well, Andy, once again, it has not been that long since we've seen you on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I've kind of missed it. I've missed I a few weeks. So <laughs> I know it's, only, it's been a couple of weeks, but it's felt it's yeah. felt like a while because we had you on regularly there for a while. So it's good to have you back. Yeah, great to be back. Yeah, good. So in a previous episode, if people missed it, we chatted and confirmed that we are still, in fact, a startup, but we're a more mature one than we used to be. So can you share with our listeners sort of what you came to realize on that episode and why it's important that we still consider ourselves a startup? Well, I love that episode because it was sort of a real-time discovery of what uh, being a startup is and maybe what stage it was, and we came to the conclusion that we were a later stage startup. And I think uh, we discovered a lot of things, Um, but primarily what is the difference between maybe being an early stage startup and being a later stage stage startup? And I think what's great about that, uh, particularly in the episode we're talking about here, is that there are a lot of changes that happen from the time when you're a young startup to the time when you are uh, an older startup or a more mature startup, I should say. (laughs) And there's changes in the number of people you have. And and we always talk about the fact that we're a bootstrapped startup. And I think that is critical, particularly with the discussion we're talking about today. Because when you're bootstrapped, you do things differently than when you are a venture-backed or an equity-backed company. And that the, the, the changes between them impact what you do on a daily basis, who you have on your team, uh, what your focus is. And so I think being a later stage startup has really made uh, kind of a difference and has been something that's different for me and now how I've approached the business. And so that episode in and of itself really was a, a kind of an eye opener. I really enjoyed that episode a lot. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad we could bring some clarity to it for ourselves and kind of really take ownership that, yep, we're still a startup and a bootstrap startup at that. So take us back. What was your role as CEO like when we were that early, just getting started startup? Well, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to go right back to the beginning, but I won't go back to the beginning when we had to go through the negotiations of my buying this business. So I bought the business in April of 2015. But what we did was I had the one salesperson who was with the company when uh, when I bought the company and we went out, (laughs) I think it was like a Home Depot, and we bought a folding table and a couple of chairs. And we brought that folding table and those chairs in. We each had a computer and, and we sat down at the folding table and said, okay, let's do this. And, you know, in that in those days, there were he was the only person who was working for me. 
Uh, we had one other person who was helping out with support, but she was actually in Brooklyn, New York at the time. Uh, she was the, the wife of the founder of the business that I bought the business from. And she was nice enough to say, sure, I'll, I'll stay on because she had the knowledge of the software. And so literally, I was positing checks. I was trying to figure out how we were going to ship hardware, how we were going to package hardware. I was uh, figuring out whatever sales processes we were putting together. We had about, a, I don't know, 120 locations, I think it was, using our software. We're now um, over 4,000 locations. And so in the early days, when you only have 120 locations, there are not, not a lot of support calls, but the software was really sort of, it was an MVP, minimum viable product. It was basically the minimum product that you could go out to the marketplace with and acquire customers and that they could realize the value and use the software from. And so that meant that we were very early stage and that honestly, I had to do everything. I was doing the marketing. I was definitely helping our other salesperson out with, with sales. I was helping out with support. You know, issues are coming at us and we hadn't had dealt with them. So we had to figure out what's the answer to this question? Like, what do we tell this customer? And then customers are asking questions we've never been asked before. So we're like, all right. Uh, let's tell them we'll get back to them and then let's go figure out what the answer is. So it's really kind of that that early stage, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and just figure it out. You have almost no processes. You don't have a lot of money in the bank. You're getting that checks and you're putting those checks and those deposits in the bank as quickly as you can because you got to be able to make payroll and stuff. So that's kind of what it was like as a, an early stage startup. It's I've, I've heard you know, the, the jack of all trades and master of none. Well, that's really it. You've got to be a jack of all trades. You've got to be able to do all of the different things in the business for the business to run because you don't have anybody else to do it. Nobody else is going to do the marketing. You may have a little bit of sales, uh, that kind of thing. So that sums up essentially what it's like to be a very early stage startup CEO. Yeah, I'm sure if there are any you know, founders or early stage CEOs, they can really relate to that with wearing a lot of hats and possibly wearing all of the hats in the beginning of, of starting a company. Now, walk us through the evolution of your role as we've transformed into a later stage startup, because I know you're not going to the bank and depositing checks, and you're certainly not sitting at a fold-up table anymore. <laughs> it, it, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. And, and the one thing just to say, I'll go back just a second, it's like there's so much kind of energy and juice that comes from being at that early stage because you do have to figure things out. And some people I think might get a little stressed out by it, but I think if you're an entrepreneur, you are the type that's like, oh, wow, because so many things are happening and changing as you go along. So then in terms of the evolution, now we're starting to make sales. We're getting more locations using our software. We're getting more customers asking questions about how they can use the software. What happens early on in the evolution is that you'll get customers coming to you and you want to make sales. So they say things like, what about if you just customize the software for what I need? And you're young. You're saying, okay, well, okay. And you go in back and back together and for the few people you have there, you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe we can go ahead and, and we'll just make this one customization because we really need to get this business. And as you begin to evolve, you realize a couple of things. For us, 
we found, and, that, and we found as we started to bring people on, we brought on Delane Barry, who's been on the podcast many times before, my co-founder and director of engineering, that basically what happens is as you make those decisions, they actually have a cascading effect, but you don't think about it in advance. So for one, one of our customers, a big customer, we had made a lot of different uh, customizations for them. And that every time we went to, to test the software and make sure it was working for everybody else, and inevitably we'd miss one thing about that one custom software. So we'd release maybe a new, a, a new iPad app for you know, a new application uh, for the software and it would break something. Their printers would break. And I'd say, you know, call up and say your printers break. So there's all these decisions and that's just kind of like one, one decision that you make when you're early on that unfortunately you may reg regret later, but at the same time, it's such an important decision. So then that's one thing that, that I can remember as, as the evolution. Other thing about the evolution is as you're starting to bring, and I'm talking about a bootstrapped SaaS business, software as a service where we're, we're earning recurring revenue over time. And what ends up happening is as you begin to build your recurring revenue over time, it means you have enough money to begin hiring people. And so no longer is it a salesperson at a folding table. Now what it is, is the evolution of the team. And the team starts to grow and you start adding somebody. We, we are very first full-time hire other than the salesperson I mentioned was Jessica Marshall. And Jessica is now my co-founder and um, director of customer experience. So she was in the very early days also doing what I was doing too, which is having to do things. She had to do all the billing. And she kept saying to me, Andy, I'm not a billing person. You know, this isn't, this isn't like my best use of, of who I am. And I was like, okay, we'll get somebody to help with the billing. And, and actually, it's just now that we'll finally have somebody on board that I think is going to be able to help her with that. But she's that entrepreneurial spirit. And then the next person is Delenn. He's entrepreneurial. So, all right, we've got to start building the software. So slowly over time, then we added an iOS engineer. Then we added Quinn Walsh, our enterprise executive, uh, account executive. And he actually came in as just an account executive doing everything. And, and, and it's just so fun to just think back to these times because, you know, Quinn, every time, and I always joke with him, we had, we actually moved into an office. That was another evolution, right? We're not, no longer at a- You all can't fit at that table. one. Yeah, that one folding no, no, table no, exactly. doesn't hold everybody. <laughs> exactly. I could have gone out and got you a whole slew of folding tables. Yeah. Right, you know, <laughs> Maybe add a round one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we ended up, you know, the, I literally, there was the whole, the, the folding table. And right next door was an office and it came open and I was like, okay, we've got enough <laughs> revenue coming and we could go yeah. and take that office. We had to share the office with somebody because we couldn't afford the whole office by ourselves. So it's just like this evolution. And finally, we actually ended up taking up this loft, which was this raised kind of office area. And uh, Quinn would sit up there. And I knew we had made an order because every time we made an order, I could hear Quinn coming down the stairs <laughs> going to the closet where we held all of the inventory, opening it up and pulling out boxes and putting all this stuff into the boxes and then calling UPS and saying, we got a pickup. And so that's the kind of evolution that we've had. So now, you know, go whatever it is, five, six years later. And now this is the evolution that I think is so important is that now we have a director of engineering, a director of customer experience, a director of marketing. 
you know, a director of sales. And now my role is no longer kind of trying to fill in the gaps where we didn't, we didn't have somebody in a role. Now it's about, we have a director of marketing. And instead of me trying to figure out how to do the marketing, there's, there's Michael. And Michael now has a team with him. And so even things like, you know, you have to do your website design or you have to do some sort of design. And now we have uh, James on our team, um, who is our, our design manager. And he is able to do a lot of the design that I'd end up having to send out out of house, where he's doing video editing, which I had to send out of house, or he's doing, you know, the, the, the shots we use for um, our employees. So we put on the, on the website, the headshots and things like that. So now it's really amazing as the evolution happens, what you have are people to do the jobs across the whole company. But with that comes the fact that you now need to have processes and procedures for all of those things. And going back to it, when a customer comes to us and says, hey, do you do customizations? We almost laugh. Customers almost never ask us for that anymore. They see us and they recognize we are kind of a fully formed business. And they don't even bother asking. You know, They're like, well, this is the software that they offer. Whereas before you're a young startup and they're like, yeah, I think customers can kind of feel it. Oh, you must be a young startup. You need business. How about if you did this for me? And they ask you those kind of things. So those are some of the evolutions about what it's like. Yeah. So you've painted really a picture of kind of how you've been able to take off your hats and give them to the department heads. And then those departments can sort of take off their hats in some ways and and have that team to support. So I know you're busy, but paint a picture of what are you doing now? What is, what is your role with all of this, you know, functioning? I don't want to say beneath with, you, but yeah. <laughs> within the team, what, what are you up to these days within your role? Ah, uh, that's the part that's so amazing <laughs> is that instead of having to try to figure out like, what is it we're going to do with this particular customer? Or this customer needs this, or what are we going to do if we want to do this marketing or whatever? I get to work on strategy. And it is bliss. It is the the thing I love the most. And it's the, how do we get from here to the next step? How do we, where do we want to be in the long term? And so some of the things that I think we're able to do because we've gotten to this stage and that each one of the teams is filling out between beneath each one of the directors is that I can be thinking and working with the leadership team who's representing all different pieces of the business, whether it's sales, marketing, CX, you know, engineering, operations, or whatever, we're able to come together. And with the hats that every person is wearing, we're able to determine what the direction of the business is going to be. And I'm, I'm really grateful because, of course, we've gone through coronavirus. And it, it would have been really, really challenging to get through coronavirus if it were maybe rewind three years ago, where I'm still running like all the sales and all the marketing and trying to run the business. But because we had that whole team together, and because we had people in the different positions, we were able to say, this is what we need to do. And one of the strategies we used was when coronavirus came along, we said, well, we can't keep marketing to businesses whose offices are closed. They don't really need a visitor management system. So it was through the leadership and the brilliance of you know, Tom and sales and, and, and Michael and marketing 
to say, let's shift our, our focus towards the people who still are accepting visitors. I mean, who is that? It's healthcare, it's logistics, it's manufacturing, it's packaging, it's those businesses. And honestly, I, I don't think I would have had the, the, the brain muscle to be able to do that. I'd be, you know, in a place of like, I got to keep this thing going. So I think it gave that to just the fact that we had reached that point where all of the, 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 the important leadership positions had been filled and had people inside those positions as well to support each one of the leaders was really critical for us to even get through coronavirus as well. Yeah. We've, we've been through a lot. So it, it's nice to be sort of where we are. Like you said, in your role, you get to do what you enjoy, which is strategy. And part of why you can do that is because you have the team members who are great in their roles and they have the team members to support them. Right. So as you are in this spot that you enjoy working on strategy and you said it's bliss, where do you see your role going or evolving to from here as we continue to grow and evolve as a company? I think it's still, I mean, it's going to continue to be strategy. I think it's continuing, you know, one of the things that did happen with coronavirus, we had to slow down. We did hire two people, you know, since March 12th is what I always begin and say the beginning is March 12th of 2020. So it wasn't like we stopped and we didn't have to let anybody go and nobody had to reduce salaries. We're able to put programs in place. So I'm very, very proud of the fact we actually even grew 20%. Uh, I think it was actually 25% uh, through 2020, which was just a horrible year, of course. But now that, you know, we're starting to feel a little bit like we're coming out of coronavirus and we can stop doing that. Now it's like, how do we get the company from where we are to where it's going? And we have, we're doing some, some really cool things at a leadership level. A lot of the Simon Sinek stuff where we are really finding you know, I don't know what the the term is, sowing our oats, or, you know, we're really kind of finding that all this work that we've put together to create this incredible base means that we have a trajectory to start moving forward. And again, we're doing it without any any outside capital. And so it's it's very rewarding now knowing that revenue is is where it's hopefully start growing. I'm not not at that point of of being out of caution yet. But if this continues, and, and, and my anticipation is it will, as vaccines continue to be distributed, that what's going to happen is more and more people are going to be going back to offices. So people are going to be using our employee check-in tool, and a lot more visitors are going to be coming through offices, and I'm already getting that sense. People are starting to say, okay, we got to get the office back up and running again. And what that means is that we've got this very, very strong base. We've built a really solid team. And then, uh, and then using the things that we've put in place, like traction and infinite uh, mindset with Simon Sinek, and some of the ways that you can really create a solid foundation for our, for your business and for our business, I can really tell that my role is going to be how do we build it to the next level, you know? And I am, I am just so bullish on what we're doing right now. And knowing that we're in that, that phase where I'm not having to spend half my day working on sales or trying to figure out like how we're we going to redo our website or whatever else. Now I'm working on projects that um, are going to have a serious impact to the future of the company. And so that's, I mean, my, my role ends up being helping the company grow and being really being in support of our employees and in our team. And that is something that 
I want to continue to work on and to um, improve over time. Because I have a theory that if you invest in the people who work for you, they're going to take care of the, the customers. They're going to feel it. And then that's going to go towards the bottom line and the top line. And if you do that, you're going to be able to take care of the rest of the business. And so that's what I'm really excited about because, you know, when you're sitting there saying, okay, I got to get that marketing plan together. What's happening with the marketing contract we're working and needing to manage them. You're not thinking about that kind of stuff. You're not, th you don't have the space to be able to say, how is it that we can build this company so that it becomes something that outlives, outlives Delin, Jess, myself, or Tom, or anybody else. And that's what I'm super excited about. So that's going to be the next evolution of what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, that's exciting. And I think, you know, throughout this time today, you've shared a lot of great information and what, you know, CEOs or founders could really take as good tips for how to approach their evolution. But do you have any final tips or points for CEOs or founders as their startups mature? Well, I think that's a great question because I know I wish I had somebody to kind of tell me that too, because it's when you're, when you're in that early stage and you're in the trenches, it's, it's, it's exciting, but it's also kind of scary. And it's kind of, um, there's a little bit of like, am I ever going to get to that point? You know, am I ever going to get to that point? Andy's talking about it right now. And he's talking about there's a point at which you've got directors and all the positions and things like that. And I'd say, yeah, it, it, you are going to get to that point. Um, if you have a product and that customers like and you're giving them really good customer service and that you have a very good product and, and things are growing. I mean, we even did it through a pandemic, which now I feel like we have a, a much, uh, a lot more resilience maybe. And so, yeah, I think that it's just staying with it. And then you start feeling it, you know, you hire one person and you realize, wow, I don't have to do that. And it's not like you can just wash your hands and say, oh, okay, that person's taking care of it. But you're able to say, I don't have to spend so much of my brain space on that one thing. When we hired Michael, it was a game changer. And Michael was the only person in the company doing marketing. And, and then he started hiring team members uh, uh, um, in, on his team. And then the same thing, when, uh, when we brought on Tom, that was Tom was our last of the director's sales. And we, we left that till last. And, you know, we actually, that was the progression that we went from, customer experience, and then we add a director of engineering. And it's like, okay, most times entrepreneurs can handle the marketing, the sales. So you fill in the marketing, now you've just got to do the sales. You fill in the sales, and now you've got the whole team filled out. And so you'll get there. That's, that's what I've just got to say, because I think that, that there's a little bit of like, oh, will I ever get there? Yeah, you'll get there with a good product and good service, you're going to get there. Well, thank you. I think, again, great tips and really encouraging for people who are, who are really in it and are working hard to, to grow their businesses. So thanks so much. You're welcome, it's been fun. Thanks again to Andy for sharing about his journey as a CEO over the last six years. And don't forget to watch the video of today's episode where you can see Andy wearing our first piece of company swag. Check it out at thereceptionist.com.